Here we go. Oh yeah. Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Boston Scientific. We're streaming live on YouTube. We're on Facebook. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Boom! What's happening, Cowboys Nation? Coming up, we pick up our RTD series, Rating the Draft. And we talk about the versatile linebacker, the third-round pick, DeMarvion Overshone, a.k.a. Demo is what they call him. So we'll get to know Demo a little bit better, and we will rate him on our scale of stars, one to five, from three different categories. One of my favorite series. I tell you about that all the time. In the roundup, Zach Martin talks about the new offensive line coach, says some things that are pretty exciting when you think about getting an edge back for this offensive line. Plus, the UDFA spotlight this week is probably the most popular name of the bunch. And for good reasons. This, this kid has a lot to like about him, a lot of traits, and I can't wait to see what he can do this weekend, honestly. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But good morning, Bomb Squad. How y'all doing? Bomb Squad! How was y'all weekend, man? Everybody, everybody have a good, clean, fun weekend? Did y'all go see Guardians of the Galaxy? I did not. I, I plan on doing that, if not this week, this weekend, when we go down to, she don't know this, but we're going to be in Austin. When we go down there, and maybe we'll check it out down there. But I hope y'all weekend went well. Uh, I actually did a lot of, I don't say a lot of work, but I guess, I guess, whatever. I used the weekend to do some more digging on DeMarvion Overshone because I just couldn't quite, you know how, you know, that curl just couldn't quite curl enough. I, I couldn't quite get my hands on exactly how they're going to use him because he has so many cool traits. He's extremely athletic, fun kid. But the more you dig, the more research, the more you watch, the more you come away with, man, this dude, no matter what they ask him to do, he's going to figure it out. He loves the game of football. Kind of reminds me of Micah from that sense. So I'm really excited to to, to see what the Cowboys intend to do with DeMarvion Overshone. And we'll continue to follow that obviously, throughout rookie camp, throughout mini camp, throughout training camp, and, of course, during the preseason and regular season. So really fun player uh, with a whole lot of fun traits, and I'm just ready. I'm just ready to see what they'll do with them, but we got to be patient. You know, the draft just happened a couple weeks ago. Now now we're trying to figure out what to do with these rookies when they come in. So just we got to slow it down a little bit. We can't get too, too, too excited because we got a long way to go. Unfortunately, unfortunately. All right, let's um, let's jump into yeah, you peeped that, Lee. Let's jump into the roundup, and then we're gonna come out of that roundup, and we'll talk about uh, the Marvion Overshone. Let's do it, y'all. It's time! It's time! It's time! It's time! It's time! It's time! It is time for it's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo, disregard the spelling for one Isaiah Land. <laughs> we'll fix that at some point. Let's start off, though, with 
Zach Martin. Zach Martin spoke at the, I don't call it a baseball classic, but the home run derby. Derby, And they asked him about the new offensive line coach, Mike Solari, who, look, we, we heard him talk one time. I look at his resume. I really like his resume. Maybe I'm just excited because it's the new kid on the block, although he's old. But this is the new guy on the block. But I was excited for the hire, man, just because I think we're going to get a guy in here that ushers in a real-life system, like from a, from a ground department. So Zach Martin said this about Mike Solari. He says he's been great. A lot of energy. His resume speaks for itself. He's coached a lot of good lines. I think the biggest thing is bringing that edge back to our offensive line. I think he's going to be a big part of that. It's been a great first month or so with him, and I can't wait to get to practice with him. Energy and edge. I know I made a lot of jokes last year about Joe Philbin. I haven't called him Sleepy Joe because at practice, you didn't really hear Joe a lot. But he's, he was an old dude, but so is Solari. But Solari just seems like he just got a different vibe to him. And when you hear Zach Martin talk about the energy and that edge, that, that's what makes me wonder if they were are relying on the coaching to to make this, this line better, not just the talent. You know, if they were if this is what made them comfortable saying, look. We've got some guys here. They get coached up. We, we heard Will McClay bring this up before. We got a new coach. We got a new system, what have you. If they're relying on Coach Mike Solari to coach some of these guys up and say, look, yeah, we're not going to have five first-round draft picks, five Pro Bowlers on the line, but we've got enough here to work with. Now we got a system. Now we got a coach that I think can help mitigate kind of that buffer of uh, deficiencies, really. Like if your left guard is the most efficient part of your offense, can you mitigate that in a way Dallas did last year? And Connor McGovern, you could argue, would be the starter on this offensive line due to the depth. But nonetheless, yes, I wanted X, Y, Z. But I, I really want to see if Mike Solari can, can bring back that edge, bring that energy, and maybe a Chuma Idoja or a Awesome Richards, which we'll get to, or whomever can step up and not be a, a significant liability. Uh, they can kind of be a part of this thing, so... It's a wait-and-see approach, plus they got all offseason. If it doesn't work out, pretty sure they can find a guy, a free agent, to come in here, plug it, and figure it out as we move forward. But uh, Mike Solari, man, I'm excited for him. Uh, obviously, excuse me, Zach Martin is excited for him, and we'll see what happens. Isaiah Land, not whatever that is. Is our UDFA spotlight of today. And he is probably the most popular player of all the UDFA features we'll be doing. This is about our fourth one, I think. First defensive uh, defensive side of the ball we're attacking. 6'3", 236-pound edge out of fam U. He might be the most intriguing defensive UDFA the Cowboys landed. Because he probably should have been drafted, but... That's another discussion. This is a major traits guy, man. Major traits guy as a pass rusher. He can bend. He uses athleticism to bother those tackles. He got he's an impressive hand fighter. A raw dude, but very, very impressive hand fighter. I, I watched him, it felt like use his hands to fight every single play. I don't know you might, well, Scott, he gotta do it all the time. 
Nah, sometimes you get a long arm. Sometimes guys will just try to rush up field, hook them, and, and just get to the quarterback that way. Nah, Land feels like he's trying to make you feel him every single play and know that you're going to have to deal with him every single play. He's relentless in his pursuit. He's just a pin your ears back, go get the quarterback. Not going to be a run guy, though. Not right now. And, and sometimes you can see that size show up, or I think you'll see that size show up, let me say that, in the NFL against kind of bigger, stronger, better offensive linemen. And I do think from a pass rush standpoint, he could use some counters, you know, but, but I think that's coachable. Traits, production, it's all there for Isaiah Land. He's probably the most fun defensive prospect. I can't wait to see what they do with him. But here's a bit of a backstory on Land. He played at FAMU, was a standout just like Cowboys FAMU guy, Marquise Bell. They were teammates. But he almost left FAMU. He almost left because he saw how Marquise Bell did not get drafted, and he thought that he wasn't going to get a fair shake. Um, so he put his name in the transfer portal after that breakout season he had. A couple seasons ago, 2021, he led the nation with 19 sacks. When he put his name in the transfer portal, the Power Fives came calling. This is why it's interesting that he didn't get drafted. Georgia came calling. You know, Texas came calling. These big-name schools were willing to bring in Isaiah Land. He thought about it. He felt like it meant more if he stayed at an HBCU, and that's what he did. He elected to stay uh, for his senior year, racked up another nine sacks, accepted a senior bowl invite where they did a little bit of some off-ball linebacker things with him because his size isn't quite defensive end-ish for NFL, but, you know, he could put on some pounds. And the senior bowl really was his one opportunity to stand out against top schools because the other opportunity that he had, he wasn't able to play. They, they played... North Carolina, and because of academics, he wasn't able to get on the field. Eventually, he got that figured out when he came back and he was his his regular self. So that could be a reason why teams elected to kind of pass on him because he they don't have tape against him against Power 5 schools um, except for the Senior Bowl. Here's what our guy Dane Brugler had to say on Isaiah Land. Overall, Land needs to continue strengthening his body to become a stouter, uh, become stouter for NFL front seven play, but he has the athletic traits to hold up in space and the rush skills to chase the quarterback on subdowns. He's a high-end developmental prospect with buy-low stock that has a boom potential for a team willing to invest. Isaiah Land, our UDFA spotlight. I love that that closing line by Brugler. He says, buy low stock that has boom potential for a team willing to invest. I agree. I, I absolutely agree, man. You, you see the traits on, on the tape. You see the, the length. He doesn't have the longest arms in the world, but you, you see him use that stab. You see the quickness, the twitchiness. It's all there from a pass rush standpoint. Kind of a ball of clay that he can give to Will, Will McClay and Dan Quinn and Aiden Durday. And, and see what can happen here. The room is pretty deep. So I think he's going to have to stand out in, in, in camp and in preseason. But I also don't know if he's going to be a guy that, hey, we're just going to put him through the wires and he won't get picked up. I don't know, man. I feel like a team might might look at those traits, look at the production, 
the the tenacity, the pursuit, and say, look, we'll take a chance on him. So you know, yeah, he's got he's got some guys he got to beat out in there, but I think it'll come down to future, present to certain players. It'll come down to well, let's come let's cut short here to go long here, and that's going to be the problem with a lot of these undrafted free agents. It is a fun haul, it is a good haul, but this roster, except for maybe the offensive line, this roster is is pretty set. You know, it's pretty set to go compete. And it has some depth at some positions where these guys are going to have to fight for that last spot. Unlike last year, let's just say wide receiver, for instance, where you had everybody fighting for two, three, four, five, six. There's not many positions where you're fighting for three or four roster spots in that room. It's usually about one, maybe two. And um, if Land can stand out, somebody might get the boot. So Isaiah Land, Cowboys Nation, how are we feeling about his spotlight today? Uh, T-Dub, I'm kind of just starting at the bottom here. Uh, I said, rather have him on the back end of the DEs than Dorrance. Huh. We, a lot of people trying to get, get Dorrance up out of here. We're going to need some depth, y'all. We're going to need some depth as this season, you know, goes forward here. What about UDFA linebacker we signed? Well, we'll get to all the other guys. Cropper has a real shot. I, I, yeah, we did Cropper last week. I believe so as well, y'all. Cropper, we did him last week. Oh, by the way, uh, the call in line for today, 351-999-3787 if y'all want to call in and speak on today's topics. Tyler said, I'm expecting at least one UDFA to break out. What do you mean by that? What does breakout mean? Like uh, Marquise Bell? Hendershot? No, those guys didn't have amazing seasons, but but they if you're a UDFA and you make the team and you play, that that's that's you could consider that a breakout. Consider that a breakout. Uh appreciate it, Milton. Uh Ghostface says still one undrafted, which is a shocker to me. Uh if you look at Brugler, I want to say Brugler, Lance Zerline, and Daniel Jeremiah, I believe, all had him kind of in that six-round range. You know, I, I didn't see all the players that were drafted in the sixth and seventh round of the draft, but uh, this could be a Marquise Bell situation. I mean, when you got Georgia calling for you, when you got Texas calling for you, you could play. You could play in this league. Uh, Marquise Bell didn't didn't transfer or anything like that, but but he showed that he could play, and, and boom, you know, he made an impact in preseason, and he played some special teams. He even got on the field for the Cowboys, so... This could just be a, a, a Marquise Bell situation where a draftable player didn't play for a power five, played at HBCU, so they elected to just kind of let him go through the draft and get picked up as a UDFA. AJ said, traits with sacks sounds like a potential starter with Quinn's molding. And I think that's where, funny because we're about to talk about DeMarvion Overshone. Dan Quinn it's the key to everything in regards to the, it's the key to the picks, the scheme, the, the potential, all this stuff. Now, maybe a show for a different day. Not everything works out in that instance, right? All these, Hey projects, all these, well, we'll just count on Dan Quinn to develop this guy. It doesn't always work out, but he's, he's earned that grace. He's earned that respect to give him a shot for any of these defenders. I, I don't care who you are, what round you were picked in. Let's see what Dan Quinn, David, or, or Aiden Durde, uh, Scott Merkel. Let's see what this Al Harris 
let's see what this defensive staff can can do with you before I completely judge you because they've earned that right. They've earned that right. And with a kid like DeMarvion Overshaw, there's just talent oozing out of this kid, man. And production, for being honest. Does he fit in the box? Nah, it doesn't really fit in the box, but there's a whole bunch of talent there. And there's that work ethic. We talked about safest picks, right? And we were talking about Luke Schoolmaker in the second round because you're not really worried about Luke not being available or having any issues. He's he's not technically an injured guy like, say, the the Jalen Smiths of the world that came into the league. He's not a he's not a problem guy. He's not a red flag guy. I tell you, what's extremely safe about Demarvion Overshone from just listening and, and 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 researching. This kid loves the game. He's not going to do anything to affect that. And he's going to work his ass off to be good at whatever the coaching staff ask of one DeMarvion overshone. So let's get into our rating the draft series featuring Demo. 6'3, 229-ish. Probably could put on a little bit more. Ran a 4-5-6 out of Texas, y'all. And of course, he's our third round pick. Pick 90. Dude was born, I think, to be a Dallas Cowboy. He said, quote, I told people all the time that if I ever had a chance to play for anybody, it would be Dallas. They're the hometown team for me. He is from ARP, Texas. I ain't from Texas, y'all. So I don't, I'm not familiar with ARP, Texas, but obviously is in Texas. Uh, and he says, my versatility is really what separates my game from a lot of people. And I'm ready to show them. His energy, you know, the personality is something that this team kind of gravitated towards when he came in for their visit. They just loved his energy. And again, you'll hear Scott McCurley. If you go listen to Scott McCurley, he talks about Micah and, and the versatility. But I'm going to compare maybe his love for the game and his energy to that of Michael Parsons as well. Now, I don't know if we got another Micah on our hands. But from that aspect, man, it feels like this kid is going to put 110% into this thing. And given what he had to deal with at Texas, I think it is encouraging that he could adapt to whatever type of role that the Cowboys are going to ask of him. Little background on Demo, what they who they called Agent Zero down there at Texas. He was an all-state safety in high school, got to Texas. Played a couple years there, and then they moved him to linebacker. You know, this is something that, you know, I said plenty of times over on Vacha's show where you could kind of see early to 2020, 2021, you see him kind of learning that position. He's still learning, but that learning curve seemed to be cut short because he's developing pretty quickly. If you listen to Steve uh, Sarkeesian, who I didn't spell that right either, <laughs> if you listen to him, you listen to the coaches that uh, brought him in here. His career at Texas, 113 tackles, nine sacks, 30 and a half tackles for loss and three picks. You got to love that. Uh, here's what Sark said about Demo. He said, I think this is an awesome fit for Demo. I worked for Dan Quinn for two years in Atlanta, and I know the premise of that defense, and it's about running and hitting. Where, where's my button at? Run, hit, talk-ish. It's about running 
in hitting. Here we go. Let me pull this over here. It's about having players that are versatile and can fly to the football. That having a high football IQ, recognizing situations as they come, all those things epitomize D-Mo. That's bugging me. Here's a Stark's quote, Sark's quote continued. He says, he can run and he will strike you when he gets there. He's very versatile. He, he can come down and play off the edge in space. We moved him into the box and then we actually put him on the edge and let him rush the passer this year. I just think it's an awesome fit schematically and personality wise. It's key. So I was like, man, let me dig into Demo. This is what I got on him, man. He covers ground in a hurry with long strides. He's a click and close athlete is what we call it. Has that twitch and hip flex to click and go from all different angles. If, if he's confident in it, because that was one of the things I noticed as well, is if he sees it and he's confident in it, he's going. It doesn't matter what angle he's at. He's going and he's going to be a problem getting to the ball. Gets downhill so fast, sometimes it's a gift, sometimes it's a curse, a gift, because if he meets you there, he's running through you. A curse because he's still developing from an awareness standpoint in the run game, and he could be you know a bit, a bit reckless sometimes. So you got to get him to kind of slow the game down so that he can be more efficient in the pace that he plays with, which I don't mind the pace that he plays with. He just could, he's still learning the position. But let me say this, like I mentioned at the top, the dude has only played the position for three years and to see the growth that fast to deal with a bunch of schematic changes and coaching changes and position position changes. I think that is extremely encouraging. And it's something I had to battle with when I was studying him because I, I know he's not a finished product. None of these guys are. But he, but again, reading about him and listening uh, to him and, and to others, he's got the work ethic and the dedication to continue to develop from a linebacker standpoint. Now, we talk about the pass rushing part of it. There, there's a clip going around uh, of him down at the senior bowl doing a bunch of pass rushing one-on-ones against you know a player but a dummy in the back or what have you. And you can kind of see the upside there. But as a as a rusher from the linebacker spot, man, if they get him going from a loop standpoint, from game standpoint, from, from the stunts, he could be a problem to deal with. You know, it felt like every time he was used as the looper, he was getting home or causing issues because you know he can glide when it comes to cross facing the offensive lineman and getting skinny and making it difficult for that guard or center to kind of reach him, or or they're quite literally reaching. And falling over themselves trying to get to uh, Demo because he's so fast and he covers ground so quickly. I don't think he's going to be able to bull rush guys on the interior, but I think he'll be able to use his speed and his and, and finesse offensive linemen. That's kind of kind of where I see it, and that's follows up to my next note. I don't think he's going to beat offensive linemen from a, from a shedding standpoint with pure power. It's going to have to be. From a finesse standpoint right now, you know, dipping and dodging and, and using shoulder dips to, to get around guys, which, look, that happens with under undersized guys. But he's got the temperament. He's got the physical mentality to meet those linemen at the hole with power and to execute his run fits with power. There's a lot of upside in the run game, even though he's still developing at the linebacker standpoint. But where a lot of people love him, is in the passing game. 
And I'm not going to lie. When I first was studying him, man, I had a I had a hard time figuring out the 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 hype of the coverage because in the in the highlights I'm like, man, these are amazing coverage highlights. But when you watch the down and down now, I'm like, "All right, let me let me I'm not really seeing it, but let me continue to keep watching." And the more you keep watching, the more you see, okay, I see the flashes of what people are talking about here from a coverage standpoint. And it was one play against, I think this is Oklahoma. I want to bring this up on film so we can watch it together, man. There was this one play. Because I'm looking for the awareness. I'm looking for, you know, what happens when he gets an RPO or or you get a bunch of window dressing. Because you know that's going to happen in our division, in our conference. Let's be real. And it's this play that gets you excited about his potential awareness. This is Demo right here. Um, they're essentially in a three-by-two formation on offense, and they're going to run kind of a dual-screen option, which that's tough to deal with at the linebacker position. So let's check him out from the Y angle. Right away, you see him realize that they're coming out here. The, the running back is coming out for either a screen or a dump off, and he's mirroring them, right? He's doing what he's supposed to do. Then he notices... All right, he's good here. This is a screen. Quarterback's coming back. Let me stop and let me see what's happening. He reads it, dodges the offensive lineman, and runs through this man. Not not hits him. He runs through this man. And I'm going to get back to why it was an important awareness play for me. But here's the other angle, and you can see it a lot better, and just everything that he recognized in a split second. By the way, this should be an offensive penalty. Way too many linemen down the field. But Demo right here mirrors the back. Okay, I see it. Realizes my guy's got him covered. So I don't really need to necessarily evade my area because they were in a zone. Sees the quarterback come back across, avoids the lineman, and absolutely dismantles this guy. And this is why this was an important read and react. Because if you go back, this play is a, I mean, this is a perfect call for Oklahoma because they're trying to get this linebacker to commit over here and get this lineman up on him. Because if it's nothing there, they've got the screen underneath. They've got the shallow crosser underneath. It's wide open. If Demo does not recognize this, probably get some yak, maybe a big play as college football. You know how it goes. But Demo recognizes it, avoids the tackle, or avoids the uh, lineman, and absolutely obliterates the man. Now, this was kind of a high end on his on his coverage skills. But you see some things where he's dropping back and using his length and getting interceptions and whatnot. And that's, that's things that you like to see as well. But I like this a little bit better than some of the tip interceptions and, and you know, dropping back and, and, and the jump balls because that showed awareness on three different levels, awareness in the screen game, the linebacker, and or I'm sorry, the running back, and the quarterback coming back with the crosser underneath that if he, again, didn't recognize that play, you're probably talking about a completion and a, a first down. So there is some of that, that flash of awareness that people like from him in coverage. Click and close athlete, man. Fun player. Which is why. When we go to the value of Demo, third-round pick, I gave it four stars, Cowboys Nation. And I dub him 
a developmental WMD, weapon of mass destruction. Now, you could argue that you can go a little bit lower. Some people think that he might have been reached, whatever. You could argue I'm using Dan Quinn here to, to up his value, whatever. I just can't get past the fact that this guy can do so many things, has the mentality, and you got him in the third round. If I get a guy in the third round that I can develop into a rusher, he already kind of has it as a, a, a cover guy. He's still obviously going to get better there. He's a run, hit, talk type of dude. He has the length. He has all the traits. And it's not just traits. That's the thing. Like I, I, At first, I'm not going to lie. I'm like, maybe this is just a traits guy. But it's not. It's not just traits. It's not just a ball of clay either. There are, He is good at all the things that he's versatile in. It's just a matter of can we get greatness out of one of those things while maintaining his level of play in the others. And that's why I think he's a, a WMD. He's a weapon of mass destruction because I'm not saying he's Micah. Not saying that. But he could potentially play, and we'll get to that later on in, in our next, not our next one, but our last one. He could potentially play that guy that's all over the place. More so than a, a, a big nickel. More so than that. So I got four stars here. This probably is a bit higher than, than most of you guys. But what do you have on Demo in regards to his value, Cowboys Nation? Let's get back into it and see what y'all got to say about it. I got four stars on the value. I tussled with it. I tussled with it. Not going to lie. I was, I was hovering around three, but I couldn't get past that he could be a dual threat and a really damn good one from a pass rushing standpoint or just, you know, a, a, a linebacker standpoint. Right now, the linebacker stuff is still being developed potentially as a will, but he he's just got a lot of upside, man. I, I kind of bumped it up to a four. I probably could have kept it at a three, but I couldn't get past it. Uh, three and a half, three, five, one, says Fish. Four for a third round pick. That's the other thing, it isn't it? Third round. <laughs> Malcolm said for WWE has Paul Heyman guys. He's a Dan Quinn guy. It's true. It's true. Uh, four on a potential alone. Three and a half Swain four Sheila three. I think we're living in the three to four. Most, most of you guys are living in three to four. Some people again, looked at him as, as a reach, but you know, you go look at, the Daniel Jeremiah's. He had him as the 86th ranked player. Uh, PFF had him as the 89th. Lance Zerline had him in the third slash fourth. And Brewer had him in the third slash fourth. So, you know, some respected analysts that that covered, you know, college football, they they don't view this as a reach. This is kind of right about where they had him. They picked him at 90. 86, 89, third round, third round. It's about right to me, man. So if, if he was picked about right in about the right round, how can I say that the value was bad value? Maybe I'm overvaluing with four, but I don't think it was bad. I think you can go three or four and be fine. So that's Demo and his value for year one. Let's hit the phone lines and talk to D Shift. What's good, brother? 
Now, I like what you're talking about with Debo, man. Uh, he sounds like Micah insurance for you. Uh, just just to give you a guy that can kind of uh, be be that gadget guy on defense that if, if something, you know, Micah gets nicked sure. up or even some release at times, you know. Uh, it sounds like a guy you can kind of swing out there and experiment on that, that right end, but uh, can also play a lot of linebacker for you is that uh, Deion Jones type. Uh, you know, it's funny. You bring up so. Deion Jones. Uh, initially, I thought this was uh, Dan Quinn playing Frankenstein, trying to build a, a fusion of Deion Jones and um, who's the other kid that was in Atlanta, the 6'3", 230-pound kid. Uh, I say kid, grown man. He's with He was with the Packers. It's slipping my mind now uh, for the brain fart. But, uh, yeah, it was those two guys. I felt like he was trying to, like, fuse them with him when I first was looking at Demo last week. And uh, th- then I kind of had to retract it a little bit, man. I'm fighting a battle of is this is this going to be a J-Rock curse Michael Parsons fusion is where I'm trying to fight that battle. Not for you, not for you. Yeah, I like the fact that you can even Campbell. have a linebacker. Yeah, Campbell, that's also, the other dude. Also play like true, true, like a basically a nickel linebacker that's a true linebacker as well. So uh, you can kind of, I mean, because our safeties. There's also issue there. So I like that he can kind of hopefully maybe give you some relief on safety uh, at linebacker, but also uh, some of the things Micah does at a uh, right end for you. Um, but in that, your guy, him, man, uh, I don't know. Uh, he's just a long uphill battle for him. Who's that? Uh, I like uh, your, your guy from FAMU. Land. Oh, oh, Isaiah Land. Yeah, yeah. Land, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said him. Uh, nah, but Land, man, uh, I think it's just a long uphill battle. I think you just have a lot, you know, in front of them. I, I think there's so many ends. I, I tend to forget that, you know, sometimes, like, you know, we re-sound, uh, re-sign Fowler. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Ghostin is going to go inside for you. But, I mean, he's also – so I, I think there's just a lot of guys, man, so many dudes. Yeah, so and, and we can't count, the four, can't count out the fourth-round pick, too. You know, they got the pedigree over him if they decide to play him more, you know, five-tech, three-tech. He, he'll he have to count yeah. in that room, too. So, yeah, it's an uphill battle for sure. It's it's a lot of guys, man. Uh, and then the fact that you're going to have to make a decision on how many um, uh, inside guys you're going to actually carry, you know, with Mozzie being there, uh, re-signing Hankins, and you got a, you know, a whole bunch of uh, guys that can kind of slide at three-tech. Uh, a lot of versatility on it, but I think your best option or the best route might be uh, on that offensive line, uh, wide receiver, or linebacker for any of these undrafted guys. I think those guys might be the ones that have, like, maybe a legitimate shot uh, to beat out some competition. Uh, but I, I think everywhere else, man, you're pretty good. you got a lot of vets. Um, I think any young guy that's fortunate to be in one of those vet groups that can kind of – take their time and condition themselves, but also get some playing time, uh, that's going to be your guys for the future. So, man, I, I like it, Scott, man. I'll get off and uh, just listen to the rest of the show, bro. Appreciate you, big dog. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be tough for, for these guys to crack this roster. And I love that because I think whoever does crack this roster from a UDFA standpoint will have earned that right to be on the team. All right, let's get back to it. And let's move on and talk about the year one impact. Now, you want to talk about a a drastic difference here uh, in regards to star ratings. 
Year one impact for Demo. I give it a two star. Look, now this is more to do with the unknown of Demo, not the player. Okay. I don't think he's going to come in here and supplant Damone Clark, number one. I think Damone Clark and LVE are your starters. Uh, the Cowboys don't really play a whole lot of, you know, four linebackers in these games. And, and with Damone Clark going into year two with his first camp, by the way, LVE coming back, those are your staples. Those are your guys. And then you still have Michael who's going to do some primarily rush from a defense end standpoint, but he could stand him up and move him around as well. So I don't think he's going to, on paper, initially, do a lot of linebacker things for you. But if you look down there, I have special teams and situational backer. I do think he'll contribute this year. I just think it'll be mostly on special teams. I think he's going to be a special teams demon. There is another side to this, though. Linebackers get dinged up. Our linebackers get dinged up. So... It's very likely that he could see the field as a linebacker sooner rather than later. I'm just I'm just judging it off of paper right now. I'm not trying to forecast, you know, significant injuries at the position. Unless your name is Tyron Smith. I know that's happening. But LVE probably will get dinged up. It happens. And will, will Demo be able to step right in? We will see. That's one thing we got to wait to see if he's if he's ready to take on actual linebacking responsibilities in a on a defense that really needs you to be where you need where you're supposed to be. I think it's why you didn't see a lot of these young backers last year play and why they brought in Anthony Barr, because they, they relied on, you know, the veteran uh, aspect of these guys to to help this defense stay afloat at that second level. So it's, it's too early right now, but. He is a versatile guy, and I think some people come up, are already tagging him as a big nickel in 2023. But I'm gonna just I'm gonna just leave it to what Scott McCurley said. When they get in here, let's see what he is. We'll get a better feel for who he is. This is what Scott McCurley had to say um, in regards to that. Take a listen. You know what I, I think. We'll get to a point where we'll feel him out and, and really know what he can do when he gets in here. But he is a very aggressive, fast linebacker that we can add into the mix. He can do a lot um, coverage-wise against backs and tight ends. He's, he's a good rusher. He did some things on the line of scrimmage to rush the passer. So really a versatile player that I, I think we can, we can mix into the fold as, as we need him. Really a good player that we can mix into the fold as we need him. So this is very much a wait and see approach on, on the, the actual role of Demo year one. It's fun to think about, though, because of his versatility. But I'm not ready to, to stamp him as a year one impact guy. So I got two stars. What would you rate the Marvion Overshone as a year one impact? Me, I got two stars. I have him as a special team slash situational backer. And situational backer might be about right, you know. And hell, it depends. What if, what if Isaiah Land shows up? Now, now Isaiah Lamb is, is a better rusher than this guy is, but that's neither here nor there. So let's see. Um, 
three stars, three stars, three, and flash plays unless injuries. That's the thing. If injuries are going to happen, but injuries aside, I, don't, I, I can't see it right now in May, May 8th. Things can change, clearly, once we get to camp. But right now, I just feel like the Cowboys have their two linebackers. Um, yeah, they could go heavy. They could do a traditional 4-3 and bring in another dude. Um, I'm waiting to see if he will be that guy this year or if, if that's something that will he'll develop into week six, week seven, week eight, or maybe even next year. Three, because I don't think LVE will stay healthy. That's that's the thing, right? Uh, two, two, year impact, uh, Professor one. Two, he said two stars, QB spy type guy. So the, the QB spy for this defense is, is definitely the guy that he's been getting compared to uh, from a, a heat-seeking missile type situation. And that's our guy, the hitman, Donovan Wilson. I think he is your QB, your, your QB spy. He did it against, um, who was it? He did it against Daniel Jones. Like he, that was his job in that game when you go watch the tape. And he did a fantastic job doing it. Uh, we didn't really see a lot of it against Philly, but... Again, I don't mean to go backtrack too much. Philly didn't play Dallas the way I thought they were going to play Dallas with the quarterback. That was an interesting game. And really, their offense is interesting in general. If you get down to the X's and O's, it's not It's not the typical. It's not like the Giants. Let me just say that. It's really not. Let's see. Uh, Sky, I think you have him pegged. I'm not really sure what that means, Joe, but all right. Damone Clark didn't have time to pick up the scheme, says Jay. I expect him to take that leap in year two, 100%. Somebody asked me on um, Twitter, you know, do I think he's going to come in and be a starter? I'm like, I, I don't think he's going to beat out Damone Clark. I, I, I think we're, hate to use the term sleeping, right? But maybe flavor of the month, the draft is happening, new kids on the block, we get excited. But, but I think Damone Clark is still... A really good young player. I feel like Damone Clark didn't even have a, not even feel like I know he did. He didn't have a camp, barely practiced during a regular season, came out and showed you a lot of good things on film. Also showed you, I'm a rookie that didn't play a lot, so it gets lost in the sauce. But Damone Clark is a guy not, not to forget about. And thinking in the future, I think Damone Clark can be your middle linebacker whenever LVE moves along. Um, and maybe you get a Damone Clark and DeMarvion Overshone duo as your guys moving forward. So, look forward. Ah, gotcha, Joe. Gotcha. Appreciate you, man. Speaking of, of the, the room in general, um, Scott McCurley actually talked about the LSU guys. And once we get to our, and we usually do this when it gets to the dead period, um, not hindsight, but state of the unit, we'll talk about all these dudes and, and, and where they're going to be at. But a state of the unit is not for quite some time. All right, 832, you was on hold. What's goody? Hey, Scott Walker. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Hey, man, no problem. This is Mark, man. I'm uh, in my truck out here on, right outside Dallas. Um, like I said, I always enjoy talking with you, man. I I, I like your um your kind of your updated take on, on Demo. Uh, you know, I was thinking because, you know, Dan Quinn now, he's kind of, you know, he's kind of gotten settled in into being the kind of coach that uh, he said he was going to be when he got hired on. And I think about uh, this whole uh, development thing with, with, uh, with Overshawn, yeah. kind of like 
what what happened with uh, Donovan Wilson. Do you remember what year uh, Donovan Wilson got drafted? Was it 2020 or 2021? 2019. 2019. Yes. Okay, so uh, so the, so Donovan Wilson was here when Keanu Neal got here. And Keanu Neal was one of Dan Quinn's guys that he brought with him because, um, you know, uh, 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 Neal was, Keanu Neal was a guy that understood the system, understood the role Dan Quinn wanted him to play in that system. And I don't know how much Donovan Wilson learned from, from Neal because Neal really didn't play much for us. Do you got the right, kind of, I, do you got the right guy? Because Donovan Wilson was your starter that year. When when, when when Keanu Neal came on board, yeah, he just got hurt in game one. Unfortunately, J. Ron Curse uh-huh. showed up, and and J. Ron, oh. you know, showed oh. out. Yeah, Donald's yeah, breakout okay. year came in 2020 when we were screaming mm-hmm. to get uh, Darian Thompson off the damn field, and they finally took him <laughs> off the field. They put D. Hitman out there, and huh. and he just showed out. You know, just showed out. Yeah, just showed out. Right. So I. And I say all that, man, I guess to say with, with Overson potentially. And I'm not looking for anything from the kid this year except, you know, spot duty and special teams work. Um, but I would like to see who Dan Quinn kind of slots him to learn how to play whatever position he thinks he's going to be able to have the most impact from yeah. right away. I wouldn't mind that being LV. I know LVE takes a lot of heat around here because he's not what people think he ought to be. He's always LV has always been a wheel linebacker to me. Uh, he he's never been a, a physical player. He was he wasn't that in college, and he got here, and he really wasn't a physical player. He was kind of a playmaker. He's always been to me an overgrown safety, LVE. But Dan Quinn loves uh, uh, Brandon Ish, not just because he's a veteran, but because he he knows Brandon is a smart. Yeah. And he and he can and he's a guy that that could probably potentially uh, show uh, Overshaw on the ropes. That, that's if they're committed to having him play at that second level. That's why I think that boy would be all would would, would come in and, and probably get in get on the field quickly there at that level because honestly that's where the Cowboys are thinning at, at that linebacker spot. I get the versatility and I'm not about position per se in this league now. It's an offensive league and it's a matchup league and you, if you can find matchups that work on both sides of the ball, that's where you go. And, and the position thing takes care of itself if you can offset it with matchups. But uh, I just like to see how that works. I'd, I'd like to know what you think. Who would be a player Overshawn might try to emulate or model himself off of? And uh, in our always, room, man, thank you. For, excuse me. In, in our linebacker room, like who we, who we might model? Yeah, in our linebacker room. Okay, gotcha. Not LBE. No, no, I don't think it'd be LBE. <laughs> nah. Uh, you don't, you don't no, 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 no. I don't think. I don't think. I don't view Overshawn as a middle linebacker. Like I, I just don't. Well, do that's that. what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I don't. Uh, again, I don't think LVE is a middle linebacker. I think he plays it because he, you know, he he picks up on things. He's got some knowledge, and, and he's the most senior linebacker. But will I, I think the Overshawn kids are better, probably would be a better will, even though he's kind of a downhill guy. Yeah, the Fog is probably going to be the middle linebacker. Yeah, I he's think he just got a little bit more experience. Yeah, uh-huh. I agree with that. I don't think he's going to mold his game after any of the linebackers. I, I just I don't see his okay. game in any of those dudes. If 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 there's if there is a guy that and I know we keep bringing it up, but Micah mm-hmm. is the guy he probably should be talking to most, um, because Micah mm-hmm. is kind of that hyper athlete who can you know drop back, come forward. I don't know if he's going to put his uh-huh. hands on the dirt as much. He have to get a little bit bigger for that. But but he's going to be that blitzing type of dude. 
Um, so I don't really mm-hmm. see him emulating this game anybody in our linebacker room. Uh, but okay. but again, he's a big fat wild card in a good way. Because what is his role going to be? Is it going to be the the big nickel, or is it mm-hmm. going to be kind of the the Bruce Irvin Leo type of role where? Yeah, I'm playing outside mm-hmm. linebacker, but I'm, I'm rushing a lot or I'm dropping back and I'm doing okay. linebacker things. So, and, and that actually okay. leads us into our next thing. So, yeah, yeah. I, look, he, he needs to actually stick around LVE to learn because LVE is the senior guy in that room, right? right. At the linebacker right. position. And there's no Anthony right. Barr in here. But I don't mm-hmm. know necessarily if he's going to really mold his game after him, but he should learn from him, if that makes sense. Yeah, that that makes sense. That gotcha. makes the, 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 because he's not gonna play much. But I'm saying, I guess with with LV, my thing is he could learn, you know, where he needs to be and yes, and, and, yes, and how how they're playing things. That's what I, that's what I mean. As far as him and Micah, Micah being interchangeable, that that's an intriguing prospect to me. I, I, again, I, you, you know, Micah's one of one. Yeah, but I know, right? It's hard. To, it's hard to mold your game after that man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You said sometimes you can't teach a guy what Micah does. No. No, you either, you either can do it or you. That's why you turn Michael loose. You don't teach you don't teach guys what Michael can do. Yeah. Michael does. You just let Michael do it. So it'll be it'll be fun, man, to watch it. Hey, uh, thank you for taking my call, Scott, man, and, and keep up what you're doing, brother. Love you. Thanks, I'll man. talk to you later. Salute. Good call. Yeah, he, 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 look when when we talk about mode in this game, that don't mean he's gonna be exactly like Michael, but but he can learn from Michael. He can learn from from LVE. Uh, but as he was talking about LVE, I go back to what we were saying about him. I think his value on this team, the way they went about the linebacker room, increased because we saw the importance of a, an LVE in the middle as kind of that that guy that secures the second level, gets you in the right spots. Um, look, excuse me. Look, he, he he's not he's not one of the best middle linebackers or what have you. But uh, glue guy, can we can we call him that? Can we call LVE a glue guy? I think we can. You know, I think we can because we saw when he was gone last year, it it never really was quite the same at that second level consistently. On the flip side, you can say earlier in the year when the Cowboys didn't quite. Their run fits up front weren't great. They were losing containment on the edges. There was no Jonathan Hankins and you relied on your, your second level guys to kind of out athlete the running back or out athlete, the quarterback to the spot. We weren't doing that, you know, but once you got a Hankins and now you got a Mozzie LVE should be better. Clark should be better overshown. If he gets a chance to get out there, he'll be able to kind of just run and hit talk shit. Jabril uh, Cox. We'll see what's going on with him as we move forward. But yeah, I think LVE's value is a bit higher here in Dallas than it would have been elsewhere. I don't even think that's a stretch. Look at his contract. I, I highly doubt he was offered buku bread anywhere else for the second year in a row, y'all. I'm just saying. Don't shout LV. Just keeping it be. All right. Now let's get to our final rating for Demo. And that is long-term outlook. One to five. I gave this a three-star rating. And I have it down here as the potential rover so basically in layman's terms a guy that can play linebacker stuff or do linebacker stuff do safety stuff and do pass rush stuff as we speak right now that's kind of how i view him i i I can't put him in one specific box 
He's he's a rover type that we call the developmental WMD. Now look at that as a weapon. When you're that explosive of an athlete and that long, that's a potential weapon. So that's why I said what I said in the in the first rating for its value. But I give it a three star here, and a lot of this is is about him. A lot of this is about Demarvion Overshone. He just seems like a kid that can figure it out. Whatever they're going to ask of him, I feel like he'll figure it out. Don't throw tomatoes at me. But I feel like this three-star is heavily leaned on him and not Dan Quinn. The hell are you talking about, Scott? So the more I thought about this, the more... I'm I'm getting a little uneasy. Like this might be the one for like this might be the the one opportunity for Dan Quinn to get this right. Or he's going to have to go back to kind of your 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 standard linebackers. And what I mean is this whole versatile role if we go look at it, man, it hasn't quite worked out. When you're talking about Bringing a Keanu Neal on from safety linebacker, that didn't work. Jabril Cox, look, we it's not working right now with Jabril Cox. Anthony Barr was supposed to come in here, do some pass rush things, and some linebacker, eh, not, not quite, didn't quite work out with him. And if you just talk about linebacker in general, Jalen Smith, he, he got here, it took him three games and be like, that's a guy we don't want. So... Look, I believe, I trust in Dan Quinn. I feel like they will figure this out for sure. For sure. But from a from a from a guy who is either a young guy that came into the league or in an established position somewhere else, and they're trying to switch positions, it it, it just kind of hasn't really worked out. Now, J. Ron Curse was in the league for a long time. J. Ron Curse had already played what we call the big nickel backer. It, I just think that he got on a team that was a better defense with a great coach. And J-Ron's talents were able to kind of shine here. So J-Ron is the one where you look at, you say, man, if we can get J-Ron out of this, it'll work. I look at Keanu Neal. I look at Jabril Cox. I look at Anthony Barr, Jalen Smith. And, you know, it, it ain't worked out, man. It just hasn't worked out. But, but this kid seems to have all the talent in the world, the mentality to get this thing done. And obviously, he'll be put in a great situation here on this defense with that coach that I think that he could be the one. He could be that Frankenstein. Mixing all these type, all these guys' talents together and being that perfect rover. Let's just call it that. I won't call it big nickel because they got a big nickel. They actually got big nickels in the farm system. I don't think this is going to be a standard big nickel dude. Because they asked those dudes to do safety things. I think they're going to ask Overshone to do more linebacker things and coming forward. At least in his first year, he probably should be coming downhill more than dropping back a whole bunch. Just to get that confidence going. Just to get that confidence going. Because there's going to be, there's going to be a developmental period, man. There's going to be times where, you know. He, he, you know, he's not quite seeing it all the time or or he, he's learning the position. He's, his size is getting taken advantage of. I, I don't want to mess this kid's confidence up, which might be hard to do. 
because he is a very confident and talented kid. So I think in year one, well, what, what, did I do? what can I do to, to get him right early on? And I think it's coming downhill where he doesn't have to think so much. Just run, hit, talk-ish. Seek and destroy. So long-term outlook, Cowboys Nation. How y'all feeling about Demo? I gave it a three-star. Yeah, I, I agree, Tito. I don't want to put too much on his plate. At this moment. <laughs> Toxic Tom said, fix this ish, Rich. Let's see here. I don't want... That is another thing. I don't know if I brought that up when I was doing the breakdown, and it was in my notes. One of the things I would like to see and be better at is is uh, just from a pure volume tackling standpoint, he was one of the worst in the draft from a statistical standpoint. Uh, he missed, I think, somewhere like 19%. He had a missed tackle percentage. Uh, I think it was like 19%. Last season, he was 21st among the draftable linebackers in the draft in regards to missed tackle percentage. So he's great in pursuit, but but I think you could argue he could be a little bit better tackler uh, if you just look at the numbers. King Element says, I wonder if, and this, this is what a lot of people are saying, right? I wonder if he is looked at as the J-Ron replacement. It is hard to say, King. Because he's got the safety experience, right? But he's been at linebacker the last three years. And the big nickel plays a bunch of linebacker. But they do a lot of... They, they, they quite literally play at safety, though, too, right? Like, they're not just always in the box. We've seen J. Ron. We've seen uh, uh, Dono. We've seen those guys kind of man the back at times and, and have to cover, you know, back there. So... It's again, man, I'm not, I'm not here to act like I know exactly what the hell they're going to do with this kid because he doesn't fit one box. So I'm not going to be that 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 fan, that creator that's going to be like, this is what he is. This is what he's going to be all pro. Yeah, I, I don't know yet, man. I do not know yet. And I feel like they've got kind of the Marquise Bell just kind of waiting in the wing as well to be be big nickel guy. But maybe this is it. And I ain't going to pretend I know. I don't. Right, let's get back to the horns. We got Jake the Great on the line. What's good, Jake? Yo, yo, Skywalker. What's happening, man? Top of the morning, dog. Can you hear me good? Yes, sir. I got you. All right, because I'm out here in the middle of nowhere, Florida, baby. Just checking <laughs> in. Um, Man, uh, we're overshone. But right now, I give his draft pick a two. Future pick, uh, a three. I see him as a special teams dude. Maybe he can... uh. Be one of the gunners since he has some speed and, you know, he needs to work on his tackling. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I trust in Dan Quinn, but in my opinion, and then, you know, what do you think? I, With the way we're drafting, I think our defense would be even better if we would deploy a 3-4 instead of a 4-3 with the linebackers that we have in our depth that we have at defensive tackle. What do you think about that, running that 4-3 instead of a 4 uh, – I mean a 3-4 instead of a 4-3? Well, I think they're already a what we call a multiple defense. And in today's game, I, I don't think a three four four three base is a thing anymore. You know, you're you're running 60, 65% nickel. So if you're just talking about like rundowns, maybe you could make an argument of that, but I don't know. I kind of like having a 4-3 look in that regard because I got, you know, a one-tech or a zero-tech, depending on how you want to shade them, 
kind of man in that interior, and you have to double one of the two, which leaves those linebackers to run free, uh, as opposed to in the three four, uh, where you're dealing. We, I don't I don't think we have the the, the, the five techs to do that. Like when you when you are a, a full time three four team, at least back in the day, and nowadays again it's more nickel. You got to draft six five three hundred three hundred five pound five techs. Like, like that has to long five techs that can hold up against the run and, and keep guys off of your linebackers. I know we've got the tweeners, right? We've got the, the, uh, Ghostins of the world. We've got, uh, we just drafted Viliami, Fehoko and whatnot, but I don't think we got enough of those For instance, the Steelers, right? The Cam Haywards and whatnot of the world, you know, they used to always routinely churn out fantastic five techs at their 3-4 uh, defense. So, I mean, I'm not going to get caught up on 3-4-4-3 three, four, four, three because we're going to be a nickel more often than not. And then if you want to shut down the run game, I got a Mozzie, I got a Jonathan Hankins. Them boys can keep my linebackers clean. However you want to deploy them, deploy them. Right, right. And you were saying something about LVE being the glue on, uh, on the defense at the linebacker level, and I think absolutely he's more than the glue because I know he really—he sees a lot of heat from uh, from his run defense. He's not hitting the hole like he's supposed to. But if you go back and you watch LVE playing in the passing game, I'm gonna jump out the window and say he plays outstanding oh, in the yeah. passing game. Being the fact this dude is uh, six foot five, he's a big—he's a big—he's big out there. So he's part of the reason our defense got a lot of sacks. Because when the quarterback goes to throw that ball. You got to think, when LVE puts his hands up, he's at least seven foot. So it's, wow. it's, he makes it real hard to hit those uh, those crossing routes in the middle. That's just my opinion. I think LVE is very important, especially in the passing game. And with the addition of Mozzie and how he finished the season off, I, I think we might see some howls in AT&T Stadium. I think the Wolf Hunter is back. You know, and that's all I, I got for this morning. Great I, my man. Appreciate you. Yeah, he he goes past that. Look, I ain't, I'm not giving LVE credit for the sacks now. I ain't going to do all that. Uh, but one thing I will say is that routinely, when we were dogging this run defense early in the season, the one saving grace for LVE was, I kept saying it too, in pass defense, specifically in zone, oh, he matters. He 100% matters, and he's doing a damn good job at it because he's a he's a – He's a mental player. You know, I, I think he he's a, he's a mental guy. Um, and, and I think he's a big part of a lot of kind of the Tampa 2 stuff that they'll do. Drop back the middle linebacker. And obviously has that length. And when he was an all-pro LVE, he was getting compared to Brian Urlacher at that point in time. But he is no Brian Urlacher, though. Uh, but that was a guy he was being compared to and who, who made that Tampa 2 in Chicago work, you know. But... Yeah, I mean that's the one thing with LVE in the past game. He, yeah, he matters, man. He one hundred percent matters. The run game got to keep him clean. And when he was signed, uh, I tweeted about it. I said it to you guys on the show. You better bring back Hankins, and you better go get Hankins some help because LVE is not a dude that's filling a hole with power. That's going to just run through these offensive linemen. That's going to run through the ball carrier. Uh, he's a guy that has to be clean. And you keep him clean, and he sees it. He'll he'll beat you with his ment- his mental and he'll get there and he's a big guy six five two sixty damn near so uh, he he was fantastic as an open field tackler early in his career he got better last year too by the way he, he went through a weird stint maybe the injuries but he got better last year so keep LVE clean keep him healthy with Demon Clark 
I think you got enough there at linebacker to to keep your second level at the very least uh, competent. That's 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 being nice. <laughs> that man look like a tick. Come on, man. How crazy. Nine seven two. What it is? What it do? Hey, big guy. This time caller. Good morning, man. Hey, so yeah, I think I'm a little bit higher on Overson than you are actually here. Um, I think that the you know the best way they could use him is actually be on on those passing downs and just you know imagining him screaming off you know in these blitz packages. Uh, he enables Micah to just you know rush the passer, um, let this kid just track the running back, scrape, blitz, um, do all that kind of stuff, man up on tight ends. And you know I think he's a you know day one better than Anthony Barr. And this, you know the previous linebackers we had, you know we got obviously we got Mozzie Smith, uh, we got um, Clark. Let them handle the rundowns, build up that lead, force the opponent into passing situations. Then let this kid come in and just run around, and hit people. Got to see it. Got got to see it, and 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 see if these these uh, coaches trust him to be that important because that is an extremely important role. You're talking about him being kind of your, your nickel linebacker taking out. Yeah, exactly. Are you talking about nickel backer or are you talking about big nickel? So I'm taking out with J-Ron. Am I taking out LVE? Am I, who, who, am I, who am I taking out that I trust? No, I would take out Clark. I, I would take out Clark. On yeah, the, usually on when you take out Clark, you're bringing in a, a the big nickel. You're bringing in, you know, so if you if you're taking out Clark, that means you're you're, you're likely taking out Donovan Wilson or J. Ron, right? Be- because you're essentially asking him to play big nickel. Yeah, so you'd have um, LVE in the middle, and then mm-hmm. you'd have your weak side. So yeah, that's a. So, I, mean, I think I think I, I got to see that. I, yeah, I, just, I, I just I just have to see him develop that conf- You know, give that confidence to the staff. If the staff if the staff decides to do that. I'm all bored. That means that he, he you know, he got, gave them that confidence. But, you know, in this defense over the last few years, I've, I've realized how important it is to be where you're supposed to be and them trusting you to be where you're supposed to be. And for a dude who's going to be doing multiple things, that could be tough to pick up right away. That could be tough to say, you know, week one, you're going out there and you're a pass guy, you know, whether it be dropping back or blitzing or whatnot. Um, and, and then I don't know if I'm willing to take off one of our best pass rushers if they're going to want to brush the passer for him just yet. So I got to put a pin in it. That's all I'm saying. I got I to see if he can develop the confidence from the, from the coaches to be asked to do that type of role right now over a Damone Clark, over another big nickel uh, linebacker or big nickel guy like, like J Ron or D, you know, Donovan Wilson, if they want to run three or four safeties out there, which they've done, you know, they've done that in the past. That's fair enough. I think that, you know, in the like sub packages for him, you know, like uh, buying the quarterback, Stuff like that. Like there, there's simple things that you can ask him to do in situations throughout the game that I think that he can excel at. I mean, like you said, this kid's just oozing talent. He's oozing talent. He flies across the screen. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just want to. I, I want to know if if he's going to be asked to do a bunch of things right away, or asked to do you know one or two things and then develop the others. Because if you put too much on his plate, you get a guy out there that's going to be thinking a lot, and that's that's why I mean by trust. Like I don't really want him out there thinking a whole lot. Uh, in this defense, because it is a ve- it's very much a instead of five, it's one one band, one sound. And if one dude is not where they're supposed to be, phew, 
See ya. We saw that the first like six or seven games of the season. In fact, if you remember yeah, the Philly, you remember sure, the Philly right? game. Pretty- remember the Philly game and a couple other games, but remember the Philly game when when they were coming out in the locker room. You heard the word hero ball. You heard we just need guys to be where they're supposed to be. You you kind of heard these the players a little bit upset that there were some dudes going rogue and there were some dudes that didn't know what they were doing and it was causing creases in their defense that teams were exploiting. So I think I think it is very important for these young guys to know where they're supposed to be and I think we're we're maybe underrating how important it is to the coaches. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. And, and you know, like I said, I think that you can find situations for him that are a little bit more simple. Like I definitely don't want him overthinking too, right? Like he's new to the linebacker position. He's rookies. He's got a lot to learn. Um, but I think that for the situations that the coaches decide to put him in, I think that he's going to do a good job. Um, and then, you know, obviously I trust Dan Quinn. Like he's, he's a man. Trust Dan Quinn. So, you know, I trust the, I trust the plan. Take a drink um, every time we hear that because we all trust that man. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Right, Scott, I appreciate it. Um, you know, good job with the show. Thanks, man. Salute, salute. Okay. Ooh, we are going to be another hard out. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. But before before the hard out, I got to get to JR because we got Doc Talk in a couple minutes. I got to get to. Uh, quick rev- you know what? No, let me get to JR. JR, I know, I know I ain't talked to you in a long time, man. But unfortunately, you got to be quick. What's good, man? God, God, no, what's good, baby? It's been a, look, I was getting a little worried, fam. Hey, nah, hey, you know, I got this, I, I would have been at work today, I got this new job, you know what I'm saying, but you know, Seiko DeMaio just happy, you know, when I had a, a pre and post boss scientific Cinco DeMaio <laughs> party, threw out my goddamn back, damn. <laughs> Yeah, man, wow. What's up? I had you? to call in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But no, nah, I was just I I was just calling in to uh say what's up real quick, what I wanted to say. Um we got L V E is gonna be good, you know what I'm saying? But I think, you know, he knows his neck, we all know his neck, that's gonna cause him to still be a little more timid. We saw him kind of step up that one time in Jacksonville and then he had to be out for a week. Yeah. So he you know, that's four. that's that's all we three, three or four, you know. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I think it was, you know what I'm saying? Now, with uh, Overshun and Cox, if Cox, I don't know if Cox is a uh, trip contributor on special teams because that's going to be his saving grace. Him, um, uh, Kevin Joseph, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, he, on, he on the bubble. He on the bubble, you know what I'm saying? So I hope he can get in with uh, with Bones. That's all I got, Sky, you know what I'm saying? Pray for me, you know what I'm talking about, because I got to get this money. <laughs> My God, J-O. Let's go, bro. Appreciate you, big dog. Much love. Ah man, it's always a good energy when Jr. calls in. Man, you would think he he popped a book. No, 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 no. We don't do that here. We do not do that here. We talk about Boston Scientific, which is obviously edcure.org. Real quick, man, if you guys are suffering ED, hit up edcure.org. They have a permanent, satisfying solution to help you treat ED. You can hit them up, get the facts, find the urologist who can offer treatment options when others do not work. Again, that's edcure.org, brought to you by Boston Scientific. Uh, I'm going to super zoom through any super chats that I may have got, because I don't want to do that to you. Let me see here. Let me see here. Let me see here. Boom, boom. Bow. We still got a couple minutes. We're going to make this work. Okay. Uh, appreciate you, Dallas Cowboys. Hard hitter. You drop one. Super chat. He said, if they give Demo some playing time, he will shine. 
Bars. Super chat. IT said, is this the best offseason since the 90s? It's a fun-ass offseason, I'll tell you that. Uh, at least in the, it's the best It's the best haul in regards to free agency, you know, which was a trade. Since like the Leonard Davis, Anthony Henry, that was a good haul, low-key. But that was kind of the last time it really was part participating money-wise. Super chat. Uh, Actually, that was the other day, and I forgot to get it. T.Y., I think we talked about this, though, Face the Music. Yes, we did that one already. So, boom. All right. Great. Perfect. Perfect. All right, y'all. I got to get going. We got Dr. Booth be coming on. We're going to talk about uh, probably Hunter Limpke and maybe, maybe Jake Ferguson. But we're going to talk about these these young guys coming into the league, a little dinged up, how that transition works from a you know college rehab to, to to getting into rehab with the, the NFL trainers or whatnot. So uh, make sure y'all click that bell, stick around for that. We'll have that drop sometime this week. Uh, later on, we'll be back live on the Vice Lombardi live show on the volume. So make sure y'all come through, check it out, support your boy. With that said, apologies for the hard exit. The hard exit presented by Boston Scientific. One day I'll grow up. Just not ready to yet. Appreciate y'all for coming through. Shout out to Facebook on the other side as well, I think. Yeah, we got Facebook over there. See y'all later. And make sure y'all check out uh, Mo on A to Z Sports Primetime. We out of here. Love you.